Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Jarzak. Ready, been ready to go from a fucking nap that he just took. Did, were you sleeping when your camera was off and we had to wait for you to come on? Was that what's happening? No, no, no. I called it. I absolutely called it. Well, in that case, welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognar the Young, the Young Grognar, kicking into live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Kings, and the quest, Gorgareth. Uh, looks like this might actually be the last one. Knock on wood. I don't have any wood around me, just artificial wood. Um, um, but with that, uh, yeah, the last episodes, our party had made it to Gorgareth. We dealt with the Jakad. Um, Jarzak is king. Anton found the high priest Thrail on his final uh, final moments, uh, reached out to Anton. Uh, our friend uh, Shereel basically titled Anton to be the high priest and thus the theocrat of Glory Wake, the sovereign state. In a very difficult moment, uh, Anton had to uh, sort of figure out where his heart was in this whole thing, but agreed that it was his responsibility, though not where he felt his heart lied. Uh, our party, realizing the pain of responsibility that they felt for all of this stuff, uh, hopped on their flying, <laughs> their flying ship and flew directly over the volcano of the Immolation Plague itself, the ancient red dragon, Terrasesdurun. And this fancy schmancy red dragon uh, appears to be playing peekaboo with Anton, who seems to be the only one who seems to see back into the strange lava below. Magma? I always get that mixed up, and I feel bad that I do. Magma is oxidized lava, whereas lava is below the surface, correct? Uh, nope, it's the opposite. Oh, play. You, know you know what I did though? I dedicated all that time to memorizing that stalagmites go up and stalactites go down. So fuck all y'all. I'm there if you need me for that question. Call me up as your lifeline for that question. <laughs> you know? It's Look, I, you can choose to remember one of these two things. Okay. And I picked the one that I know. But yeah, with that in mind, our party is alongside the rest of the flying crew. And we are flying above uh, the uh, the volcano entrance to this place. Um, yeah, so I guess we're at a point now where we know we have to break in. Who currently has the uh, the potion? I'm. A, I guess Klika probably took it back from um, Yikalif when she got back early from the little celebration. Does, is Klika decidedly the one to go in? 
Mm, I mean, if no one else is going to object. Sounded like that was the direction the party was leaning. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I have anything that could. Just curious. Like, I have scrolls. Kalika can't. I'm wondering if any of this, the scrolls I have, I can enchant on you to help in any way. Um, I don't think Wallfire. That, I don't know if that'll help you. Water breathing, blight, and what is anti life shell? I don't think anti life shell is what you're looking for. But are, are you actually asking for the spell description? Yeah, just curious. I don't know what that one was. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have it up before me? Yeah. Right. Shimmering, shimmering barrier. Oh. I'll let you do it. I no, you're the podcast you. man with the podcast voice. <laughs> a shimmering barrier extends out from you. No, I'm just kidding. In a 10 foot radius and moves with you, remaining centered on you and hedging out creatures other than undead and constructs. The barrier lasts for the duration, which is an hour. It's a concentration spell. Uh, the barrier prevents an affected creature from passing or reaching through. An affected creature can cast spells or make attacks with ranged or reach weapons through the barrier. If you move so that an affected creature is forced to pass through the barrier, the spell ends. Got it. Yeah, that arc. That dragon ain't undead. Nice. Unless I give you the magic beans. <laughs> make some baked magic beans in that fire. To your heart. They make <laughs> you fart. I mean, you've got the uh, thing that era gave us that just produces infinite water just keep dumping that over the edge of the ship until the whole cabin's been flooded that'll learn them <laughs> um so yeah. as we are flying over this uh circle here um there is a rope ladder that can be lowered down um over the mouth of this uh volcano here um there appears to be two sort of shelving sort of landings here. Uh, there's one to the north and one to the south. From where you're, you're floating up here in the, uh, the ship, you can see that the one to the south uh, seems to have like a, a bit of a cavernous mouth that continues deeper in and downward, um, as if into sort of the rocky shell of the volcano, if I could say that, sort of the surrounding rock around it. Yeah. Um, so the uh yeah so what would you guys like to do um i'd like to figure out who made these doodles on the map i just accurately labeled everybody for us <laughs> except you didn't mm, <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you're talking about um Norhill is going to suggest we make our landing on the shelf to the south uh since that way we won't have to Cross the lava to make our entrance. Okay. And I will say, because of the way that the ladder works, the first person that's going to be going down there is going to have to do either an athletics or an acrobatics check to make it down onto the ground. Because if no, they go too low, the ladder will catch on fire from the extreme heat. And if they go too far in one direction, the roof of the shelving here will be too much and you guys will be landing on top of the volcano. Nor you know what I'm Okay. And the other thing I'll say is as you begin to descend down, the vapors that have been coming up from the like the raw exposed uh, lava 
seem to be uh, a bit noxious. So everybody who's going to be climbing down the ladder is going to have to roll a constitution saving throw. Yeah, good luck, guys. Uh, I got a captain the ship. <laughs> We're probably going to need your help, Jarzak. You're the only one who's ever been in here. Yeah, I probably know exactly where the dragon is. Yeah. Oh, boy. I could just tell you. Starting off strong, uh, Morhill got a 12 on that athletics check. Okay. What'd you get on the constitution saving throw? Uh, is it is it potentially poison? It is. I have advantage. Uh, Norhill did a lot better on that one. Uh, he's going to get a, a 21 on the constitution. Damn. Okay, so you managed to fend off the noxious gases. Apparently you've smelled worse in your day, and with your athletics check, you managed to lunge off of the ladder and make a soft-ish landing uh, on the rocky shelf there. So with you at the bottom, you can sort of pull the, the, um, the ladder over so that people don't have to jump to get off of it. But I will require everybody to make a constitution saving throw as they make their way down the ladder. Got the only one who doesn't have to um, does a... I can't remember. The gauntlet, yeah, you still have to breathe because of the gauntlet. That was the, the stone, right? Yep. yep, that I gave away, unfortunately. Yeah, well, mm. you might have made the right decision. Anson got an eight. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anson just straight up inhales a chlorine gas pocket and just drops dead. Wait, you got an eight, you said? <laughs> I got an eight, yeah. 21. Uh... Oh no. Um, okay, so the the eight, uh, you will be poisoned for the next uh, length of time. Uh, the noxious gases were definitely too much for you. Can I, I want to um, drive is... spells that can cure me of poison? Shit. That's uh, our restoration should do it. I'll have it prepared, son of a bitch. Fuck. Poison sucks. It's disadvantage on all attack rolls and ability checks. Awesome. So with that in mind, Anton begins to have a bit of a coughing fit. Um, But before you is what appears to be like a carved out stone doorway. Um, And this seems to be sort of the first step as the uh, tunnel leads down deeper into the volcanic mountain here. Um, But I will say that once you approach and look at this stone doorway, the level of like meticulous craftsmanship that's gone into the carving of the, of the um, what's that called? The uh, relief in the door is like second to none. Like this is something that rivals anything dwarves could possibly do themselves. The imagery here shows tons and tons of strange dwarf looking figures um, presenting gifts as well as like smithing at a forge, as well as, you know, using gigantic hammers and whatnot to, to smith uh, various like pieces of armor, weapons, what have you. Uh, but in the center of the relief is a gigantic red dragon, apparently. Uh, surrounding it is a big giant circle and it's perfect and polished like marble. Um, but yeah, it's pretty incredible. The door itself reaching up to about 20 feet at the tallest. 
Uh, can Norhill attempt a stone cutting check to see if he can tell who would have made such a thing? Uh, 15. Okay. Judging by the fact that they look like dwarves, but also judging by the fact of like how close they are to the fire, the lava, and all that stuff with the red dragon, you know that the only other critters in the multiverse that would be this way would have to be the Azer, and the Azer being the sort of fire planes response to dwarven efforts, where it's just strange little fire dwarves that are some of the most dedicated craftsmen in the multiverse. So seeing that their own depictions are all over this door and it's likely that they made it, you have sort of a sinking feeling about the fact they may be here. Looks like the assumption that uh, Asia called this place home was correct. I will say the giant circle surrounding the red dragon does seem a little puzzling. Something about it just feels sort of very out of place. And it seems like the detail that's done to the stonework looks very simple and very smooth and almost otherworldly in a sense. But the fact that it surrounds the back of the dragon, I don't want to say kind of like a halo, but it does sort of encircle it. It leads you to believe that there's something here being hinted at that's not just like artistic design. Um, if I could get a Arcana check from anybody who has it, I imagine you all are looking upon this door at this point. You're not just like stumbling through. So yeah, yeah. Norhill's you know sort of describing you know the singular craftsmanship. This is definitely uh, made by Azer to depict themselves, but that halo surrounding the dragon is it's strange. I've not seen its like in art before. Oh, Klika got a soft 20. Okay. So Klika, having done her little space jam super jump into space, in a weird way has a sense of understanding of the otherworldliness and detail of the portal. And having traveled through a portal much like this before, well, I guess everybody has at this point, but she's done so on a much more personal level. This seems to be some sort of a dimensional gate judging by what's going on in the picture, one might assume that the elemental plane of fire might actually have some sort of connective barrier to this volcano. The fact the dragon sits in front of it could have some sort of meaning somewhere in there, but, you know, art history was such a boring class to take in college, so, like, who really paid attention, you know? The meaning and the layout. Would a history check get me anything extra or... Um, yeah, you can you can roll for history. I think in the same way that Arcana would, which I'll I'll give you the Arcana. Well, Anson got a six. Okay, so he's he's too distracted by his coughing fit. So, (laughs) as you go to tell everybody what it means exactly, you start to cough. Um, but uh, Klika does know with the twenty that it is in fact likely that the dragon being so old and so connected to the multiverse as it were um there's a pretty good chance that that portal in the back like there's a a chance that the dragon guards it there's a chance that the dragon created it 
there's a chance that the dragon is in control of it, you know? So it's like, there's any number of ways that there could be a relationship here, but a dragon of this power and magnitude being associated with it makes total sense. You know, this is totally like in Mortal Kombat when the dragons are the protectors of the gates between the Earth realm, you know? Klico being a member of both the Earth realm and the uh, material plane. Um, Norhill, I think that what you call the halo is actually it looks like a portal to the elemental plane of fire and maybe the dragon is either guarding the portal or maybe they made it but either way they seem to have a pretty powerful connection to that plane this just gets more dangerous by the minute doesn't it it does seem like a really dumb place to sneak into with your brother. <laughs> I can't think of any worse place. But unfortunately, like now we must year old go. Jarzak doing it. <laughs> just stupid idiot. And, him, and that and his younger brother, Jacques, just 11 years old. And these two idiots just skulking over the rocks and like stumbling in. <laughs> yeah, I bro, say, let's I mean, go get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> like Jarzak did see this door before, which is kind of the sketchy part. So he does know what's beyond it. From what Jarzak remembers, uh, I'll tell you what, Jarzak, why don't you roll me either intelligence or wisdom as a saving throw, and I'll I'll be able to give you some hints of what might be up ahead. Eighteen uh, on wisdom. Or which one? For wisdom. All right, you have faint memories that this hallway here uh, behind the door leads to something of like a foyer, something of like a central meeting spot. And from what you recall, this was probably like the most dangerous position because once it was found that you guys had infiltrated the place, you remember this being like the last moment where you could have gotten caught, but you didn't because you're a jerk. That also came with rolling high, so you know. Um, but yeah, so what would you guys like to do? Well, in that case, uh, everybody drink up. Uh, uh, to uh, to winning, and Norhill is going to pass around the silver sign to give everybody a plus one bonus on dexterity saving throws. Okay. Thank you, Norhill. So what would you guys like to do now? Uh, is there any indication of how the door can be opened? Yeah, I mean, the excellent craftsmanship of the door, it seems like it would probably slide right open with the with great ease. It looks like it would push open. Uh, Norhill's going to check it for traps real quick. Oh, good luck. Uh, with an eight, it's probably fine. Yeah, likely. There's just a bucket with a rock on top. <laughs> Excellent craftsmanship. <laughs> but uh, as you do push the door open, you can tell from behind it that multiple staircases, aged by time and heat, seem to arc down and around, bending towards the east, um, descending down maybe 40 feet or so. And the deeper that you guys go down here, the more you can see that there are still sconces on the walls with some fire in them to keep the area lit up. 
but you can tell that at the bottom landing there seems to be a bit more of like an open area but the one thing i will say overwhelmingly so you guys can hear the sounds of echoing banging noises as if like hammers on anvils and the sounds of like metal on stone as you can hear the sound of um uh, like mining picks on stones as well um, these seem to be coming from multiple directions and the echoes make it very difficult to tell where it's coming from. Um, but I will say uh, every once in a while you hear like a banging rumbling noise that sounds like, like the, like the fantasy equivalent of like a Mack truck crashing into a building. And then all of a sudden it goes quiet and goes again. You guys can also hear the sounds of certain grunts and sort of uh, like laborious sounds as people seem to be working down here. But overall, you don't hear any languages um, that you recognize. Inward and downward. Uh, Norhill is going to lead the way down the stairs, and he's going to use the hook side of the hook hammer you have to test every stair in, uh, in front of him to make sure that it's not trapped. Is this what happens um, when you go through dungeons in my place? Yes. Um, and, uh, Norhill is going to try to time, like, you know, any of his, you know, tapping against the stone to sort of, uh, hide it, uh, amongst the din of the other picks and the work sounds so that, to make it slightly less likely that people hear us come. When Kliga does hear languages, she doesn't know she will activate her ability to comprehend languages. Okay. So you do hear uh, a couple of dwarfish sounding voices coming from, I guess, at the end of the uh, the pathway to your left, you can hear um, the sounds of a couple of people kind of barking back and forth. And one of them yells out uh, something about how the food lately has been pretty awful, pretty terrible. And somebody yells out that mining in these shafts has been pretty awful and terrible. They begin to laugh together. And one of them mentions a city of brass or something like that. And it sounds like it's some location, perhaps. Um, but far from your knowledge. Great. So now what? We proceed down the stairs as Norhill checks everyone for falling rocks. Exactly. It happened that one okay. time. It won't happen again, not on our watch. Okay. So as you guys uh, make it down to the bottom of the stairs, it branches off in one of two directions. To the left goes into what appears to be a large sort of mining area. Um, and the voices become very clear to be down that way. Um, but to the right, you can tell that the sound doesn't kind of travel at all, as if maybe there's another one of these giant stone doors at the end. Um, but for what it's worth, um, you can't really tell much of what's going on. So, question is, to the left or to the right? Uh, Noriel says, to the left, we need to secure our bags. So you'd like to travel into where you hear the voices? Yep, maybe they can be reasoned with. We just want to talk to the dragon. We only want to talk to very well. So you guys don't uh, think that... they remember Jarzak, right? He looks pretty. He looks pretty different. It was many That's years. Ago. 
Perhaps they have forgotten. So my question now is, is anybody going to be doing anything stealthy to go through here? Or is this going to be just prouncing on in and hoping the locals want to have a conversation? Uh, well, and then Norhill will certainly say, well, we can try to be stealthy and at least see what we can see before anything but Noel is also dressed in, you know, full plate. So, 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 just be sneaky. That's the quietest armor there is. Think about it. If you're in a place where a bunch of things are getting slammed together, like a bunch of metal stuff is getting slammed together, you're perfectly disguised. It's natural camouflage. It's just usually that sound doesn't travel towards you when you hear that loud banging noise. So it might be the case that, like, yeah, they hear banging noise. But when you hear it come towards you, I feel like it's going to be a little bit different. Nah. But I hadn't thought of it that way. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Norhill is going to attempt to stealth his way over to you know, the big cavernous area. Click you got now one, so we can just nip this whole thing in the butt. Uh, Norhill didn't fare that much better. He got an eight. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So with that, uh, I guess the entire party begins to try to skulk their way over following the metal-plated dwarf's direction of being stealthy. Which is always great, you know, when the stealthiest person in the front. But the funniest part is Klinka getting the nat one. Um, so with that, uh, yeah, I suppose the party, um, starts to trounce over towards where these four strange glowing orange uh, individuals seem to be hammering away with their tools. And as you guys begin to approach and get close, one of them turns to go back to work. And as he turns and looks in your direction, he has a moment where he like doesn't believe his eyes and he just starts kind of scrambling at his face and he barks out in that strange language, which Klika hears, the alarm, Jude must know. And he drops his gear and just starts rushing down towards the, uh, I guess, towards the southern reach here. Um, hold so, on. We just want to talk. And with that, one of the other ones, as this guy continues to run down to the south passage, of the four of them that are here, one of them does take a couple steps to approach. And in a very confused way, um, go ahead and roll persuasion. This is my specialty. Oh, 14. That's not bad for Klika. 15 minus 1. So that he kind of lifts an eyebrow as the other guy runs off and he asks back in his strange primordial tongue. He uh, kind of chimes back and he just says, where are you from? Um, Klika's not really sure, but mostly Amaroth. Now that they look back and forth at one another and um, they just sort of kind of, I don't know, pick up their mining picks and sort of look very concerned and confused. And one of them in the back says, you shouldn't have come here. Well, and yeah, like they start we, we know, but we had to. Okay. So let's roll for initiative real quick. Cause it seems like these guys are rushing in to come talk to you. <laughs> they also just want to talk to brandishing weapons. Clico only got a 12. Very well. 
18. What'd you say? 18. 18. Yep. Hansen got a 14. Okay. Norio got a three. Oh. Hey, yo. So it's going to be Jarzak, Anton, Klika, myself, and Norhill. Okay. So Jarzak, um, from where you're standing behind everybody, you can tell these guys don't look to be very well armed or anything like that. And these guys seem to be just kind of typical grunts. But they seem to be in the back and start heading in your direction on their turn. So what would you like to do? The uh, uh, overall distance between you and them uh, appears to be somewhere in the house of like 60 or so feet um in between you and them are many stone columns that have been carved out by their mining efforts and the walls seem to be adorned with various crystals and bits of like sort of a glass formed from the incredible heat down here as well as large piles of rubble um the overall size of the mining chamber from what you can tell it looks like the whole room is maybe like 100 feet at its widest like 100 feet by 80 feet or so but yeah Okay, uh, I will use my move and my bonus action move to get in base contact. Okay. Am I able to get in base contact with the solo one? Um, potentially. What was your movement speed? Uh, 30, so it's 60 total. Okay. Um, yeah, from where you're standing, you'd be generally within the yeah, you'd be able to get to him in the in the double move. Okay. And I'm gonna attack him. Okay. Jarzak thinks really hard about pulling out Domero's luck because of how positive it's been on an opener. You know, I'm just saying one of the numbers in that list does say the nearest volcano erupts. So I'm, and he I'm does it. He pulls out like Domero's luck and attacks. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Uh, 18 to hit? <laughs> just a 1 in 10,000 chance and just kills everybody. <laughs> so uh, you said an 18. 18 is good. Okay. And um. Yeah, because this guy is just a typical grunt minion. He just <laughs> dropped dead. So a 13. Describe your kill. Oh, okay. That's good. I rolled my other attack and it was a crit. So luckily, we don't have to worry about that. Um, oh, David. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just whack him in the dome with Domro's luck and he just flops over. Okay. And then the other three see this and look quite terrified. Um, but it seems like they look back and forth at one another and agree that they're going to continue to pursue you guys. It seems like judging from what you guys all know about, um, what's it called? Uh, I guess maybe, maybe Norhill would know about this. I mean, I don't know. I guess everybody would know about this, but judging by the fact of their, like the steel of their resolve here, it seems like they might be more afraid of what waits for them if they fail. You know what I mean? rather than you guys coming after them. You know what I mean? So, with that in mind, our next up in initiative, I believe, was Anton. So, what would Anton like to do? So, Anton's gonna 
just play it safe spell wise because he's not feeling super great right now. It is apparently sucking up volcanic gases. So he's just going to try to go for the, uh, the closest one to 60 feet and try to see if uh, Sacred Flame does any chance of getting them. That has a, a, a save of. Well, actually, do I take any disadvantage on this? You do Some because poison? of the. Uh, yep. Okay. Oh, no, it's on, it's on attack roll. Uh, if it's Sacred Flame, it's a saving throw on the other guy's part. Oh, lucky you. Oh. And it's a dexterity saving throw? Yep. 15. What did I have to beat? 15. And I believe, yep, I failed it. Cool. So with that, he drops dead as well. So what does the kill look like? Um, uh, well, I hit him for 19 damage, so I think he kind of incinerates a little bit. <laughs> Like he, he kind of barbecued like a marshmallow or it's like, like on fire, fire and it slowly darkens and Chris was out kind of like deal. He's made a fire. Uh, well, actually, then how would fire look like if you shoot fire at fire? Would it just I mean, maybe, be a bigger fire and like implode? I mean, it's I'm, radiant damage. It's not fire damage. It's radiant damage, right? Oh, flame like radiance. Mm. Yeah. It's more like shooting a laser like yes, at a fire. Exactly. <laughs> just photon flame. He just shine a laser beam in his eye like your mom said not to do, and he dr- drops. It just dead. explodes like the Death Star. It does like a boom, like a little one. <laughs> Is that what you've been doing to people this whole campaign, and we haven't yeah. known about it? <laughs> That's what's been happening. Yep. So as soon as you do that, the other two behind that guy that just died, um, in a in a <laughs> poof of Star Wars esque lasers, um, the other two. One of them kind of drops his jaw a little bit and looks at you and points and says, wait, he might be able to use it. And the other one slaps him upside the head and picks up his mining pick like he's about to charge in and try to do something about it. So uh, next in initiative order, I believe, was Klika. Yep, Klika hearing that will... Move up 30 feet and just sort of look at both of them and say, what, what do you mean? What might he be able to use? Yeah, with that, they look very confused back and forth at one another. Um, can you roll another persuasion check? Because this is definitely going to be difficult for them to make the decision to talk to you about any of it. Hey, one more than last time, 15. So with this, they look back and forth at one another, and the one who got smacked in the head for saying anything in the first place, he starts to speak again and says, there's a strange weapon somewhere within Jute's lair. No one can use it. But it's made of purest gold, and it shines even in the dark. And the other one looks at him and kind of shakes his head. And he says, Jute will have you killed for even coming in here. For killing two of his men, he will have you skinned and flayed, torn apart, and dip you in the lava. What? What? Your or... death is guaranteed. Who, who or what is Jute? Jute is a fire giant 
and he is not pleased. Oh. Well, maybe we don't have to kill anybody else. I kind of was hoping this whole thing could go down without any casualties. I mean, you're the only one who hasn't killed somebody yet. Norhill was thinking about it. He stepped on a bug on the way in. <laughs> and there's blood on your boots, Norhill. We only... We're, we're only here to get breathed on by... Chair Shesterun. Oh no, I've lost it. Yeah, I was right. Chair Shesterun. Um, we don't really want to cause any trouble. We're not trying to take anything. We just need to get breathed on a bit. And with that, they just look very confused by all of this. And they look like they're looking for a backdoor exit. And they just say, You will die if you continue into this place. Just let us go. We'll pretend like you were silent. Just just don't harm us. Well, yeah, Clico wasn't really planning on harming anybody during this whole thing. So that sounds I mean, good. Anton went full freaking a new hope on that last guy. <laughs> for goddamn reason. I didn't think it would get him in one shot. That that surprised me. Like, honestly, I'm just more impressed by my own awesomeness, frankly. But with that, they just kind of cower and start to walk backwards. Uh, I'll say to the rest of the party, um, they're just going to leave, and they said they won't tell anyone. They also said that there's a fire giant named Jute, which is a pretty funny name. At least Klika thinks so. So he probably has a pretty good sense of humor. So we should be okay if we just talk to him. Norhill, you know all the best jokes. So you just tell me a joke and I'll tell him a joke if you guys can't understand each other. Nothing beats Jarzak and his quick wit. I think you guys might be all set. <laughs> and we all know how much Anton likes it. Norhill tells an off-color joke about, a joke about giants. <laughs> I do speak giant. This could be helpful. Pico writes the joke down. This this Uh, is gonna play well. These two won't pose any problems. I mean, they said they won't. I these guys don't seem very strong. Clica doesn't really like hurting them. We didn't. We don't have to hurt anyone while we're here. We're only here to get breathed on. It's true. So, from where you guys are, though, in this little area here, in the southern corner here, uh, where that last guy was trying to run off and go tell somebody, you can tell that there is something of a rail system that continues down into where you're hearing that clattering and banging noise, as if maybe the mine carts are taking ore and stone and whatnot and bringing it down to what might be something of a forge. Clica's gonna look towards one of the Azir and um, could one of you just tell us the the best or the quickest way to get to Cherish Ezdarun with like that we would run into the least amount of other beings? We really don't want to cause trouble. 
And so the one that got smacked in the head and has been saying the most or shakes his head and he says, Jute will not will not let you pass and go towards the lair. Cherish Esdarun holds Jute as a prisoner and a, and a guard. If he lets you in, he will be punished and he will die. If you get in without him knowing, he will probably be punished and he will die. You know, this just makes Kleeka sad. Um, it sounds like we're going to have to fight the fire giant or go around him. Either way, it doesn't sound like he'll survive what we do here. He'll be held accountable for letting us by if we get past him. And if he finds out about us, he'll try and kill us to save his own life. Well, you you mentioned something, Klika. You mentioned a, an object, a weapon. Maybe we could find ourselves as some use to the, to the giant and therefore the dragon and hopefully avoid any... Oh, that's true. Catastrophes. Um, service. Where's that golden weapon you were talking about? And they kind of just look back and forth at one another and shrug. And one of them chimes in and says, it's a prized possession of the giant. The dragon doesn't want it because it doesn't work. Okay. Well, I guess the giant has it, but Nobody can seem to get it to do anything. One way or another, it sounds like we need to deal with this giant. Remove the captain out of the forces. Uh, perhaps by facing him directly, where we save further problems down the line. Do you want me to ask where the giant is? Please do. Um, do you know where Jude is now and how we could get to him? And both of them point towards the mine shaft where the uh, rail leads down into the banging. Well, thank you. Um, sorry for killing your friends. And just kind of look back and forth at one another in terror. Okay, they said, well, you guys saw on point. We got to follow the minecart. Easy enough. I think so. So, Anton as you get this. What'd you say? No, Anton just feels bad. Like, he's like wondering if there's anything he can give them for their troubles, but he doesn't think he'll help in any way. Oh, uh, just revivify one of the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> all right do it for the rp um but as you guys look down this mine sort of uh shaft here where the the cart track goes it's pretty short but it ends at a pretty abrupt turn and seems to end where the loudest of the banging is so what would you guys like to do proceed okay i'll uh... So as you guys make your way down this pathway and you make it about halfway down, 
you guys hear the sound of sputtering wheels as the cart on the track begins to push its way up. And as the cart begins to go screechy, screechy, screechy on its way up, you guys can see a couple of those Azer glowing enough that it seems to be glowing against the wall. Uh, it looks like you guys might have a moment before it, they spot you on this way. Did you want to do anything? Is there anywhere to hide? Is it like we're kind no. of just like... Doesn't seem like it, unless you want to try to book it out of there and hide around the corner. Does Klika remember the sound that the purple worm made? <laughs> yeah. Purple worm decided to go down this shaft here. It's been hanging out in a fucking volcano. <laughs> I mean, Klika will use prestidigitation to make a sound like the purple worm made. It'll just sound very small because you can't make it super loud. So it's just going to be like a tiny purple worm. Let's go step on it. <laughs> like, crap, that's not. No. Nora Hill is going to stand just off to the side of the tracks and uh, yeah, brandish his shield and prepare. Zach will cast armor of Agathis on himself. So, okay, so we've got those spells prepared. Was anybody else going to prepare anything? Mm, no, Clink is pretty good right now. So if I got that right, Norhill's just waiting for the cart to come up, or are you trying to hide up by the mouth? Uh, Norhill is just going to wait for the cart to come up unless the rest of the party is going to retreat and try to hide. But... So everybody's just going to wait for these guys to come up and be like, boo. Well, Dan, what do you suggest? I just didn't know if you guys had any creative ideas. Because the pathway leading out, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll give it to you wherever the last person is. It is 30 feet away, so you guys theoretically could just do one move action and get out of there. Uh, I think it's better to face them. If possible can we try not to kill them like we can knock them out right just wave as you're walking by pretend like you've always been here i can hit them with the flat of my blade yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna knock them out all right so with that as uh, so you guys all just kind of is actually going to prepare his attack action uh, okay so you're gonna try to like hang around on the corner time. yeah Think we'll okay. get the pommel of flicker ready. Jerzak pulls out Dumro's luck. Yeah, I can knock him out too. Oh, so the volcano erupts. I'm telling Maybe you that you when that comes up. So with that, as the three of you hide around the corner here and the little cart comes squeaking up the hill with the two Azer behind it, as soon as their glowing gets the brightest and they seem to be the closest, all of a sudden all three of you jump out and start swinging and smacking at them. So let's get a attack rolls at advantage. And by the way, at this point, Anton doesn't feel sick from the noxious fumes anymore. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was wondering what I was going to end. Uh, being poisoned is real bad. No, Norhill got a 19 to hit. As did Klika. But let's see if Jarzak crits. A six. Uh, nope, not quite. Uh, 29 for Jarzak. Damn. 
So with that, uh, every one of you guys hit, and because these are just minions, you guys just like comically just like bonk, 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 and they just fall to the ground with a thud. And the cart, as they fall to the ground, begins to squeak and roll away very fast. So could I get a dexterity saving throw from, um, I guess, any of you guys to try to catch the cart before it's outside of your grasp? And Norhill got an 18. I think he got a 25. Sure, I got a 14. Okay, so all three of you instantly put a hand on the cart and grab onto it as it begins to squeak and roll back. Um, and at this point, it's going to keep rolling back if you let go. So what would you guys like to do? Uh, Norhill's going to load uh, the two knocked out Azer into it. And so is it rolling away? Because this whole area is on like a slight decline. Yeah. Uh, so Norhill is going to take a couple of the 50 Titans that he has and just jam them <laughs> uh, into the wheels so that uh, the cart can't roll away. Very well. Easy peasy. Okay. And so with that, I mean, from where you guys are standing, you can tell that the... Uh, the banging noise down below is, uh, yeah, it's certainly at its loudest. And it seems like the forge, even from the heat that's rolling through here and the flickering light from down below, it definitely seems like this is like the place. And at this point, now that you guys are so close, you actually sort of to answer what you guys had been most afraid of. It seems like the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the giant himself seems to bark out a couple orders in giantish and from what you guys can hear within here he seems to be insulting the uh azer calling them a bunch of lazy dogs and says that they should pick up the pace and continue putting their back into it as it were um but yeah so with that as you guys what are you just going to walk down the path and peer around the corner Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Very well. Well, with that, as you guys peek in, you see what may be the largest giant you guys have ever seen. I don't think anybody's actually got. Oh no, you saw the hill, the hill troll. Yeah. So this guy's uh, like a. And we saw the. Onzeg the... the weird, whatever the, his name was. It's a hill giant, but fire giants are much bigger. I'm just saying, all the giants we've seen. Okay, Dan. I'm just saying. But with that, yeah, this guy is just just incredibly massive. And when you think back to the 20-foot-tall door before, this is starting to make sense. The giant arching doorways everywhere, this is starting to make sense. Yeah, to make the thing big enough for him and the dragon to be able to squeeze out of this place. So with that, uh, as he stands there, um, it doesn't seem like they notice you right away as everybody seems to be busy at work with their different stuff. Um, but it seems like any moment now, somebody might turn around and take a peek. Um, this forge, the area here is, I would say at its width is about 160 feet wide. Um, and it's about 80 feet deep. Uh, this chamber has a giant vat of uh, lava that seems to be stretching through with two bridges extended over. Uh, there's a series of anvils on the northern half and a couple of sort of uh, like open furnaces that are... Uh, being worked at by some of the Azer. There appears to be four of them in total in this chamber. Um, and dangling over the lava is a giant mechanical, uh, how do I want to say this? Like a uh, giant pot, I guess, 
made out of a material strong enough to withstand the heat, but it seems to dunk in and grab the lava. And using a series of pulleys and cranes, it seems to be fueling the furnaces. Um, a couple of Azers seem to be working at the actual mechanical arm and directing this. There appear to be three sets of doors in here, all of them on the far west wall, um, with one of them being on the northern wall in the far corner. But each of these doors is quite massive. So, any moment now you will be noticed, but it seems like you might have the element of surprise. So, for this one single moment, what would you guys like to do? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. do we want to just go in guns a-blazing, or do we want to try and talk it out? Based on what the Asia told you, do you think the giant would be willing to talk? A part of a big part, we doubt it. Unless we could promise him safety from the dragon? I don't think he's going to be particularly interested in anything we have to say. I don't think we're in a position to make any such guarantee. No, but you might want to think from his perspective what he could potentially do. Run? I I meant more so the idea that you're promising what you can promise to him, but maybe you can promise him what he can say to the dragon instead. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe he can just introduce us. I mean, I'm pretty pretty sure my he, he might know my brother. Might know you. Well, do you want to try talking to him, Jarzak? I'm... Yeah, but my brother's Get back dad. for my shit. <laughs> <laughs> what if they oh, were friends? You might actually... Uh, that's a risk we might need to take. So we'll, we'll open with diplomacy. Okay. Who? Okay. Two of us here speak. Two of us here speak giant. Yeah, Anton does. Does that mean Anton feels the need for diplomacy? <laughs> um, sure. And I'm just curious, actually. Do I see any sign of like a golden weapon or anything that they may have referenced to? Uh, no. I mean, this giant seems to be well-armored, wearing what appears to be, like, a working suit of plate, but he also appears to have many cloth sacks around his waist. Or, I guess, leather sacks around his waist. So, any of these could hold tons of stuff. So, there's a good chance he might just have it in one of his bags. But... At this point, with all you guys talking amongst yourselves here, I'm giving you six seconds to make a decision before they turn around. Right. Eyes. I think I can talk to him. Someone else go. Okay. Klika's on the case. And Norville well, accompanies Klika. I mean, I'll go out with them too, but I just don't know if he'll speak common 
Very good. Uh, so at this point, yeah, the giant turns around and looks utterly surprised. And as it looks surprised like that, it begins to brandish its great sword and prepares itself uh, to move into some pretty brutal combat with you guys. And it just doesn't even think twice about it and barks out that there's intruders and yells this in giant. Um, and as it does, it prepares to rush towards you guys. So it looks like we're going to have to roll initiative. Unless you'd like to say something quite immediately. Yeah. Klika has... Who? Anton or Klika? Does Anton have any bright ideas? <laughs> no, I feel like he would just yell like we'd come in peace, something like that. And I'm like, I don't know if they're peaceful people. They'd take that the wrong way. Who moved north? That was me. Yeah, we'll just... I mean, if you if you just yell out, we come in peace. I mean, go ahead and roll a persuasion, I guess. Yeah, sure, I'll I'll do that. I'll step into the light. Yell that out. Persuasion. And only at this point, they... and I got twenty one. Okay. <laughs> Goodness. So as you walk into this main area here with him pulling out his greatsword, the greatsword itself is well over the height of anybody in the party. Um, pretty much ox height itself. Um, but as he uh, steps forward a couple steps, you recognize looking at his face that something doesn't seem right. And as he turns his head kind of quickly left and right, you're a tinkling of metals and realize that his mouth has big giant metal bars across his lips that seem to be locking his mouth closed enough that he can't open it very wide or anything with a large mechanical looking padlock sort of a, like adjoined onto his chin. And as he turns to you guys quickly, he sort of hisses between his uh, sort of pursed lips for a second. And he says, you speak of peace. Why are you here? And it booms throughout the chamber as he does so. Thunderous, recognizing that the mechanical slamming noise you heard before has come to a stop, leaving only the hissing sound of the water boiling, as well as the sound of the lava seeming to uh, bubble and burst up itself. So he sort of steps forward pensively, wondering what the hell kind of peace you have to offer, turning very inquisitively towards Anton. Takes a couple of steps forward, coming to the end of the rail, and he just says, we've come for a sampling of the dragon's fire, but there is more here than we imagined. What is that you have? Why is your, why is your face chained up? Who would have done this to you? You know, that crit on persuasion only got you so far. And as soon as you're like, ew, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> not like that. He's just like, what the hell? That's not cool. Oh, that his eyes blaze with fire as he takes on a much more angry tone. And he says, you dare insult me? Mention my bondage? My indentured servitude to the dragon itself? Is this a game? As Charles says, Doom sent you. God just shakes his head. He's like, nope, I'm just an uninformed priest. Just 
looking sorry for some fire. He steps forward a couple more steps and he says, if you wish to sample the fire, perhaps I can just push you into the lava. I, I don't think that's the same type of fire, but I do your respect your ingenuity. And as he continues to step forward a couple steps here, um, can I get a perception check from everybody? Yeah. One. Not a now one. That's a two uh, minus one. Norhill got a four. Not 20 to 22. 15. Okay. So Jarzak is the only one who can act in the surprise round as Jute seems to, in a lightning quick move, give a swift kick to the anvil beside him as it goes hurtling towards Anton at full <laughs> velocity. So uh, we'll roll initiative real quick for everybody, and we'll just see who goes first, either Jarzak or Jute. Anton, why did you make fun of his face? I didn't mean was... to, but I got a fumble. I got a one. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> I got a 10. Click, I got a 25. He just saw that. He thought it was cruel. He had to say something. Maybe you could have brought it up more delicately after you got to know him. How do you bring up chains delicately? Well, <laughs> there's nothing delicate. Certainly not the way you did. <laughs> uh, Nor- Norhill got a 14 on that initiative. What draws I get? Uh, 12. Very good. Okay, so technically it would be Klika. Um, but as you notice very quickly, Jarzak, being alarmed and knowing this to be a very spooky and, and wry, uh, clever giant, um, you sort of ex- expect as it moves forward that he must be up to something. So at the last second, right before he goes to kick it, you have a moment when you anticipate it. So what would you like to do as you stand on the uh, far corner, the entrance to this place? Um, overall, your distance to the giant is a whopping 50, uh, 45, 50-ish feet, whereas Anton being ahead of you guys is 30 feet away. Okay, I will use. Before I move, like, uh, looks like he's making a move. Giants are bad, and I'll sprint up to him and use my bonus action move and my regular move, and then I will attack him. Okay, cool. And because it's surprise round, I have advantage on the attack. Yeah. Yeah, it was a surprise round against us. You're just not surprised. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, 18 to hit. 18 is good. 13 damage. Okay. Well, what did you use to attack him? Domero's luck. Of course it is. Would you stop using that damn thing? I don't <laughs> no. even know why I gave it to you. Uh, you, you didn't. You gave it to Click and Click a trade it for monkey feet. <laughs> it was a good trade. So with that, the uh, the giant uh, sort of 
bracing the impact of Jarzak swinging into him. It sort of glances off of his plate, still manages to cut him a, a bit, or sorry, slam into him uh, decently hard, but he seems to shrug off much of it. He takes the uh, the anvil, like I had mentioned before, and hurdles it in the direction of Anton. So Anton, is, I have advantage on the attack. What's your armor can I, class? Can I do my second attack? What? Anton's what? armor class is a 16. Good. Well, what did you get on your second attack? A 24 to hit. Okay. It's 10 damage. Okay. I tried to say it, but you went, you popped up. You do kind of do Look. that sometimes, Dan. Look, I try to keep things moving, okay? Mm. If I have to wait 10 seconds after everybody does everything, it'll be like, all right, is it my turn now? It's always my turn. You're living in it. But anyway, Anton does get hit. As our uh, anvil goes careening towards Anton, um, Anton, you take. Oh no! This is the kind of damage I start to feel bad about. Twenty-nine points of damage as the <laughs> anvil comes hurtling and slams into you. And as that happens, the um, fire giant pulls out its gigantic greatsword and takes one huge cleaving swing down at Jarzak, grunting as he does. All right, and um, just for my sake, what's your armor class, Jarzak? 14. Is it what? Is Domro's luck a one-hander? sure is. I, you then should have I your shield I would have out. my shield out, yes. Yeah, so okay. 16. Okay. So with that, um, he swings in. And deals, holy cow, that is very close to max damage. I hate when that happens. No, you don't. Uh, don't he deals 35 points of damage as he slices it into your side. And he takes 20. Dang. And as that happens, and it kind of bounces back to him, he chuckles a little bit to himself. And he says... I guess this wimp has a bite. And with that, he kind of whistles sharply through the air, and all of the Azer that were at work inside of here begin rushing around the room to try to get into base contact with you guys and try to get some attacks in. And I will note that as they rush up and get into contact with you, uh, Anton, I guess, is the only person that they could get into contact with. Um, they are extremely warm the closer you get to them. And what you notice is that as they come up and make base contact with you, even standing next to you, the heat of their skin alone is enough to like burn you. So even those two standing next to you, you immediately take two points of fire damage. Everybody's swinging at you with their weapons. Oh my goodness. And both of them hit. And you take Okay, Jesus, this is quick. Uh, 14 points of damage total as they swing in at you with mallets. And yeah, that's the end of uh, that's the end of my turn. So surprise round is over, apparently. And Kalika's at the top of the initiative order. At this point, the Azer have moved up. Two of them seem to be ready to cross the bridge over by the giant. Uh, Jarzak has moved up into the middle of the room to be in base contact with the giant. Anton is a little bit further ahead than Norhill and Klika, and surrounded by two Azer. So, Klika, what would you like to do? 
If you're talking, I think you might be muted. Yeah. Uh, Kliko will waddly whoop, move into flank with one of the Azer with Anton. Okay. And I will say these do look like the same level of weak minion that you had seen before. Yeah. Uh, she will bonus action Shadow Blade and then attack with Green Flame Blade. Okay. That was a 27 hit. I, I sure hope so. Okay. Uh, and then the Green Flame Blade bounces on to the one next to them as well. Okay. So the two of them drop dead. It's non-lethal. It's non-lethal fire and shadows. They fall. Very well. So they they fall to the ground. I mean, if it is fire damage, they take none. Ah, okay. Well, then the one the the flames bounce to, nothing happens. Okay, so he just gets bonked in the head with nothingness. And he looks very puzzled and confused at you. And then I will just move the... Let's see, it's Okay, and we'll take an attack of opportunity if you're going to be leaving his range, right? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, I did 18. That does not hit. Of course not. So is that the end of your turn? It is. Chinkies. All right, so next up is Norhill with a fat 14. Okay. Norhill is going to move up and uh, try to fight the Azer that's still threatening Anton. Okay. Uh, That's going to be a dirty 20 to hit. Okay. Yeah, that's a kill right off the bat. So how would you like to kill him? Or knock him unconscious, I guess. Uh, If Klika is knocking him unconscious, Norhill is also going to knock him unconscious. Okay, so you just ping him over the head. Yep. Uh, as he you know walks by a little bit to finish off, you know one small amount of movement. Just doing a couple okay. drive bys. Click a Norhill, real OGs. For some reason, yeah. I just pictured Norhill leapfrogging over Anton and just swinging at the guy while he runs past. Very <laughs> <Just not laughs> well. Is that the end of Norhill's turn? Uh, that is the end of Norhill's turn. Uh, next up in order is Jarzag. Okay, uh, bonus action Hexblade Curse to the giant. And okay. I'm, I'll pull out my long sword. I mean, yeah, I crit on a 19 now, so it could be good to use Domro's luck. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sick of everything. <laughs> um, okay. If you think about it, there's no reason not to. Jesus Christ. It does less damage, yeah. so. It, yeah, I was going to say, you can't do that great work. Yeah, but you can keep your shield up. Oh, true. I think All he's right. hitting whether or not you have the shield. Um, like, for what it's worth, my bonus is close to your armor class. I don't believe that. It's never a good feeling to say that out loud, but, I mean, this guy's a brute. I mean, that's what they do. That's all he has. I, I, I've seen the Fire Giant stat block, and in a game that I'm running, it's a little bit underwhelming. Uh, 15 to hit. Okay, that is a miss. Okay, and I'll swing again. Okay, that's another Glances miss. Off the, 
plate mail, and then you swing again and it glances off? Yep. Okay. So with that, and that was with it... Delmaro's luck, so I did not pull out my sword. Okay, very good. Well, I'm glad I know what was threatening me and you and the rest of civilization as we know it. Um, every time you swing that thing, the lights flicker in homes around the globe. <laughs> 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 like, I think Darzak might be doing that thing again, but okay. Uh, and now <laughs> there is a one in ten thousand chance that the world ends. Oh God! See, true. Every I mean, time I didn't we... really like this one that much, anyway. Every time he swings it, somewhere a mirror breaks and a four-leaf clover sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Um, okay, and so with that, um, the Azer are gonna come tromping up and rush up to next to Kalika and Norhill, but that is the end of their turn, and the giant sort of tauntingly says, you think you can do anything to harm me? Did they go that past Jarzak? Two massive swings down at Jarzak. Anything I have to worry about? Uh, did the Azer move past Jarzak? Was a question. Oh, sorry, they, uh, they did. I will attack of opportunity on one of them. Uh, 23. Okay, that's ironic because I, I, I got 23s on you. But yeah, yeah so you killed one of them. Okay. Or did you non-lethal or did you kill him? Uh, probably killed them. Okay. Jarzak has at least behind him to see that we're not doing that. I mean, you did see it with the train car, but I'll, I'll let it slide. So with yeah, that, that was then. Um, this is the so as you as you focus in and catch that guy as he's running by to go catch up with your friends, potentially the wounded Anton, um, you turn back and see this gigantic like stone column of a weapon already mid swing towards you, and on the first swing you take nineteen plus seven twenty six points of damage, and on the second swing, I actually got two twenty threes, which is very strange, right? Because you got twenty three too. Um, it'd be weirder if I got 23 damage on this. I'm just saying, I'm speaking it into existence. I I got 23 damage on that second swing. I wish I was kidding. Kim <laughs> like, Carrie would like nice. to have a word with all of us. <laughs> okay, I got two, 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 three, five, and a seven on top of it. So that is 23. Um, yeah, so 23 and 26. Did you have anything left on your um spooky cold damage? Nope. How's Darzak? <laughs> Not good. Uh, Jarzak looks... Uh, we'll go with extremely bloody. <laughs> Very good. And so with that, it kind of barks in under its breath and it says, I remember you. Maybe it was your, your brother, that whelp. You don't understand what he's saying because he's speaking in giant, but that almost seems more insulting because he seems to be leaning in closer as he says it. Um, but now I'll, I'll uh, reply back in Inferno and just I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> he looks scared. Um, but with that, uh, it goes to Anton at the end of the round. Anton, what would you like to do? So what are you going to do, Andrew? I'm definitely going to cure wound him. I'm just trying to figure out how to get over there without, like, 
I could try to get him out of being dropped. Oh, he's not dropped. Not yet. Because I have to touch you him. Have the, you have the range to get around and go touch him. You won't actually even have to worry about touching the uh, the one Azer that's behind Klika, but you will be in the threat range of the giant. I'm willing to risk that. So I'll go. All right. Head around over to Jarzak. I'm going to get my hand on him and hit him with a. Are you, are you level like cure wounds? Shooting it up levels too? Are you oh, upcasting yeah, it? This is, this is, um, this is going to be, you're going to get a fourth level version. Oh, yeah. I'm just oh, trying to get it to work. One second. I feel like we. You know, we really haven't had to too many had to have too many healing spells in this game. I'm, I'm realizing now how quickly. Well, you got eighteen. You got eighteen points back, Jarzak. Okay. That almost doubled how much I have total. I'm still bloody though. Well, Cleek is at the top of the round. Anton, if you're done with your action, did you have a bonus action or anything you wanted to spend? Uh, well, he didn't hit me, so. I can't really use um no, I don't think I have anything. That horn's not a bonus. Forgetting action, about, is it? I don't know if that horn will be too much help. Um, Hard to say. Until you use it. Doesn't it let you take a move? Cause the horn. Is it a bonus action like for the horn or is it an action? You know what? I didn't even write if the horn was a I have a feeling it's an action, so we'll just we'll just go to the next one. Um, okay, so um, uh, top of the initiative round is Klinka. It's Klinka. Uh, she's just gonna look at Norhill, wink, and then go past the. Azer that is threatening them. Attack of opportunity time. Yeah. Okay, it misses. And then she will start working towards the back of the fire giant. Okay, so I get the. Oh, I don't even get an attack of opportunity because, yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um. Would I be able to consider this a flank or do I have to keep going? Um, no, this wouldn't be considered a flank. You'd have to go okay. one more to be like polar opposite. So that way you could be on the opposite flank of it. That's if Anton clear. had scooted forward a little bit, then you'd be fine, but he couldn't finish that move. And then Klika will make... Uh, an attack. Okay. Are there spells attached to this I should know about? Yeah, it's going to be Booming Blade. Okay. Uh, 26 to hit. Okay, that's a hit. Ooh, 22 damage. Okay. And so it does not look bloodied, but... He again looks towards you with a sort of a, an eager grin on his face through the metal clamps. And Is that the end of your turn? No, Klika will spend two sorcery points to attack one more time. 
Well, wait, 17. A hit? Oh. No, no, no. Two hit? Yes. What, what did, why, what other, mm, never mind. My turn is done. What you said, 17. Don't play that game because you've done that in the past and you just said I hit. So don't give me that crap. I don't just said I was low. attacking again. So what else would that number be, Daniel? You know what? I don't need this shit. But what I do need is Norhill to take his turn. Okay. Uh, Norhill is going to start his turn um, by starting to take the attack action against the one remaining Azer. Uh, that's going to be an 18 to hit. Yeah, so Norhill's going to knock that one out. Um, and Norhill is going to move into what I believe is going to be flanking with Fleeka. I know people can't see the map, but uh, Norhill is trying to yep. flank with Fleeka. You will be in flanking with Fleeka. And also, I can't hear you super well. Sorry. <laughs> Lean back a little bit. So yeah, Norhill's standing now in flanking with Fika, and he's going to take his second attack. Uh, 26 to hit. Good. Right. And so Norhill is going to turn this into a maneuvering attack. So first I'm going to deal my damage. And then, uh, so that's going to deal eighteen points of piercing and lightning damage, and uh, he is going to say, "Jarzak, get your safety." Uh, so if Jarzak wants, uh, he can uh, use his reaction uh, to. I already used my reaction. Fuck. Oh, can we swear on the show? Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, ask uh, you uh, <laughs> that time I heard you. <laughs> um, what a potty uh, so mouth. in that case, uh, Norhill is going to make that a goading attack. So the giant uh, should make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw, uh, well, or else all of his attacks against people other than Norhill have disadvantage. Well, I kind of liked the fuck move a little bit better, but I'll take this one. <laughs> So I got a 14. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, until the beginning of my next turn, uh, the giant is going to have uh, disadvantage this, on attack rolls is, against everybody else but me. Is this when you tell him that distasteful uh, yes, giant this is, joke? The, the, this is when Norhill tells the, the, the distasteful joke about advance. Now like the golf. actual ordinance is based on how much their mothers are ugly. And it turns out fire giants have particularly other ugly mothers. So um, with that, he seems to be particularly upset about this. But luckily, it's not his turn. And instead, it's Jarzak's turn, if that's the end of Norhill's. Uh, yep, that will be the end of Norhill's turn. Okay. What's Jarzak got? Uh, first off, Jarzak's going to make the guy he killed into a specter. Okay, so now we have a spooky ghost that appeared on the battlefield. I like how the other ones get knocked out and then Jarzak's like, what? I thought we were done knocking him out. <laughs> bringing him back from the dead. It's fighting time. What? 
what changed? Uh, yeah, so that it'll have a plus four temp HP. Uh, and I'm just going to tell it to attack. Um, if I move down one, would I have flanking with Klika? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I know the flank rules can be a little wonky when you get to gigantic sized yeah. plates. Um, okay. And I will put away Domro's luck and pull out my longsword. Coward. You know what? Are you yeah. attacking for the specter? I, if, you, if you want to, that's fine. It's just going to attack, so. I figure you probably have the stats in front of you. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan, you're right. I was being a coward. I attack with Domro's luck at advantage, critting on a 19. Did you crit? No. Uh, 14 to hit. I've yeah, that's a miss. I've rolled a three and a four at advantage. <laughs> I don't understand how scary this is for me because I have to fucking suffer through this de- terrible decision I've made. A 27. I feel like I'm at hit. that. Okay, that's good. I feel like I'm at that point in like the TV show where like we bring like the stupid throwaway character in to spice things up, but it's just a dumb weapon that ruins everything. Okay. It, uh, it, it was your choice to put the Rod of Wonder, but worse. <laughs> hey, Rod Wonder sucks. I agree. I don't like it either. Uh, that's 10 base damage from the weapon. I'm going to use um, my gauntlet to do an extra 48 acid damage. Oh, you've been saving it up? Yeah. I haven't <laughs> used it in so long. Right? Uh, you've that's... only had to use for it. 22 acid damage, and I am going to do it with... Uh, where's my... Um... I go. am going to make it a smite to the damage. Uh, which is going to deal an extra. All right, what spell levels are we at? Fourth. Sorry, I got to add more D8s. Perfect. I like hearing this. This is good. Extra 24 damage. That's force so damage. How much did we do? We did 10 plus what? 22 from the 48? Yeah, 10 plus 22 acid. 24 force. Okay. Plus an additional three from it being cursed. So 59 total? That sounds right. I didn't math it, though. Yeah, that's right. And is the target huge or smaller? I imagine it is huge. It is huge. Okay, it gets knocked prone. Got him. Which part did the, the huge? I mean, which part did that? The smite. The smite? Yeah. God damn. I mean, it uses one of my two spell slots. So. <laughs> Better be good. Well. Uh, will he have so an that... attack of opportunity if I move away while he's prone? Um, I would imagine so. Yeah. Okay. It'll be at disadvantage, but yeah. Although it was already at disadvantage because of Norhill. 
double disadvantage. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, it's end my turn. You're not going to move away? No. Okay. So with that, um, its turn is next. So it just stands up at uh, half its movement speed, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that considers turning off Booming Blade, right? It does not. You're lucky. I've looked it up. Yeah. And with that, it just kind of looks around at you guys and just begins to snort and says, it says, even if you kill me, you will have no chance with the dragon. Even if you think your quest for retrieving dragon's fire is simple, you will always lose. And it sort of grasps at its chains on its mouth and pulls at the padlock and says, you will always lose. We really don't want to kill anybody. Can I actually make a quick observation? Is this the same chain that was around um, Jarzak's brother's arms? Like, is it the same style chain? No. I mean, it's, it's, you know, black iron, but it's not like the same exact kind. Does the specter act on my turn? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, twenty three to hit on the specter's attack. Okay. It would have been an advantage too. I don't know if you did it. I did not do it at advantage. I just did a straight. Do it at advantage because he didn't stand up in time. No, t- the nineteen. That's fine. Or twenty three. Uh. Three, three, six. That's an additional five necrotic damage and needs to make a constitution saving throw. Or what? Got a 21. Yeah, he passed. So it, it just lowers their max HP by that amount. Oh, well, he wasn't planning on healing anytime soon. Yeah. Hey, Who ghosty things. Up? You never know. Using the blade to kind of crutch himself up and he looks at all of you and you can tell he's breathing laboriously, but years of working in the forge with such air around you guys, he's used to having very, uh, very difficult time breathing. So with that, in his final few chops, he picks up the blade and he just starts wailing in on Norhill, never forgetting that stupid comment he made about his mother. What's your armor class, by the way? Uh, 20, but okay. there's a chance a- that that would be modified. Slut. I got a 21 and a 28. Wow. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll modify the, it. Uh, on the first one, uh, I'm going to use a warding maneuver and I can't fail to raise my armor class high enough on that first one. Telling you, maybe. Well, I called you a slut. Actually, you, if you got a one, he would still hit you. Yeah, fair enough. It was unlikely. So the first attack misses, but the second one is still going to hit. Wait, what did you roll? I rolled a four. Uh, but that modifies um, the AC and resistance just against that attack. Okay. So the second attack comes in at full speed. And ideal 10, 15, 18, 25 points of damage. Uh, is that before my damage uh, my damage reduction? No. I don't ever do that. Okay, so I take 22 points of damage. Very well. 
And with that, he just kind of falls to one knee and he seems to be huffing and puffing under his breath. And he just says, if I am to die, I wish to die at my own hand. Or at least an honorable combat. Please don't kill yourself in front of us. We're <laughs> seriously we're, impressionable. We're just trying to walk. Just go see the dragon. Is he saying this in common or is he still speaking giant? Speaking in giant. <laughs> okay. But he seems to be in rope with this. And he just says, I will be killed. Even if I leave. Well, maybe- she will find me. Clico will really present your case that you gave it your all and was ready to die by your own hands and let anyone by. It'll be fine. Probably. Under his breath and giant again, he shakes his head and lots of blood seems to drip out of wounds and in his mouth. And he says, she knows you're here. The crystal ball tells her everything. Couldn't you just bring us to her? We don't mean any harm. We're not trying to take anything. We we just need her breath. And with that, he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and he says, please, at least give me that dignity of dying at the hands of a weapon. I fought hard and I'd rather die this way. It's- it's not right. So he just stands up like he's going to keep fighting you guys. So next initiative order is Anton. Or uh, no, sorry. Oh. Yep, no, it's Anton. I was going to try to hit him with a, um, a high-level burning hands and try to not really insult to injury, but See if I could do something. To to, well, just remember, he is a fire giant. Mm. And being <laughs> one with the flame, he's not going to be capable oh, wait, of taking any of that water damage. over there. I wonder if I could do something with that water. Mm. I got tsunami out of the water dish. Flood. Uh, heart water. Redirect flow and whirlpool. Unuses splash attack. Yeah. I feel like the only useful thing would be flood, but I don't think it'd be that useful in this case. Yeah, I think it'll make it very dark in here when all the fires go out. Oh, nice. And Cleek has advantage no matter what. (laughs) I mean, you could also roleplay Anton. I mean, this guy seems to be in a very difficult spot. Yeah, you know everything he's been saying, too. Yeah, I think Anton's going to try to, like, kind of keep his hands up, like, maybe at a threat, but, like, defense at the same time. He says, why are you speaking this way? Like, there's no chance. Why are you even here? You, you seem proud of your chains. I could be proud of such a thing. He's proud of such... Being... Locked down in this way. Doesn't seem like you are. And he says, I am only proud of my work, that which I have produced for the dragon, 
but I'm here as a prisoner to oversee the forge. If I am to let you in, I will die. If you get in by defeating me, I will have been slain. I have no choice, and I'd rather die in combat where there is honor than await my punishment and my torturous death from the dragon. You heard of a weapon, something that you've made, possibly, or something you've obtained, and that the dragon doesn't seem useful, that it can't be used. Maybe we can help you with it, find its use. He looks very confused by you asking. Very, uh, very, uh, I don't want to say this. You're not beating around the bush at all. You're like, maybe there's a magic item in your pocket that you know about that uh, doesn't work and maybe somebody can make it work. No, I don't so think there's any looks... time for beating around the bush in this case. So he just looks very confused and he lifts an eyebrow and he says, what do you speak of? Something of gold. He looks, I would say, like, uh, betrayed and furious. Anton, you really know how to piss this guy off. (laughs) You're playing what's in my pocket with him. And he says, like, who the fuck told you what's in my pocket? And he says, how did you hear of this? Click is giving me, like, ooh, don't, don't, don't rat those guys out. The two A's are just like I'm gonna have to lie here, and I'm like, I'm like guessing, like, will I really be good at lying here? What uh, Anton do? Anton would say, oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to get tied up in a lie. <laughs> um. I'm just I guess I don't picture Anton selling those guys down the river like that. No. And I can no. also picture since he's not in a time for beating around the bush, I don't think he'd lie about it either. Just say it doesn't matter. Did <laughs> say it was let slip, not that you were told. No. Anton, I guess I'll just say he's like, we came for fire, but other treasures are good. We force the words out of your men. There could be other things here that are of use to us. We're facing a great war, an enemy. Anything that can help us will be of our use. And he says, I am already dead. What does a war mean to me? He says, if you wish for my treasures, slay me honorably and you may have them. What use is a treasure without any knowledge of how to use it? He said, what is this game of riddles here? So he just looks <laughs> pissed off again. He gets ready to attack. <laughs> True. But what is a riddle without one to ask? But with that, he just kind of looks at you curiously and he says, my men told you of a treasure that I have that I cannot use that will be useful in your war. Maybe it'll Most be... Most likely. Maybe it'll be useful if 
we can show it to Sherajad and Darun, and it'll see its worth, and that'll help you somehow. And with that, the giant shakes his head further, and he says, she hears everything that we are saying right now. She is with us one way or another. Oh, in She does case... not want the blade because she cannot wield it herself, and it has no use to her. Um, Only one type of person may be capable of wielding such a blade. It is a relic of long ago. And it is one that only one who has true connection to the light of the sun himself. Only he may draw the power to the blade. Well, if she can hear everything, then um, I guess I'll introduce myself. Hi, my name is Klika Thorelius. The, the illuminating light of the, la- of the lava in this chamber and all the furnaces the bright orangey kind of glowing gold tint begins to slowly draw down like the lights at the movie theater when the movie's about to kick on and they turn to a deep, deep, like hateful red. (laughs) And with that, the giant looks terrified. And with that, he just kind of looks back and forth and he just tries to make a run for the exit. Oh, that was going to be my suggestion. Maybe you could just run. Nor Hill doesn't know any of really yeah, attack of opportunity. Attack of opportunity. <laughs> Same. All right. Uh, so our do, do I get advantage because he starts faint, or no? Because he moves out of it. Wait, Anton's gonna say wait and like hold his hands up to stop them from attacking. I don't know if that works. I don't know either. I have no, a feeling it doesn't work. It wouldn't, especially because you're in like the direct line of fire. So, uh, does Norhill get advantage or not? Okay. Yeah, he's pretty much going to have to charge at Jarzak to get out. So, uh, Norhill got a twenty-four to hit. Okay, that's good. Uh, and that's going to be uh, 15 points of piercing and lightning damage. Okay. 13 damage from Jarzak. Okay. So between the two of you, as you kind of lop at either of his legs, he stumbles, trips, and falls, smacking his head on the side of the bridge, as he does, and he begins to roll over and fall into the lava as his body slowly descends in. And you can tell... Anton, after curiously pondering about what may be in his pocket, his pocket is about to very soon be an ashtray. Jesus Christ. Do I, do I have an idea what pocket would even be at this point? A belt with a bunch of sacks on it. I can't even get at the belt? Like, Do I even have a chance of ripping off the belt? So seat down. It's going to be quick. What, hmm? what, what do I have to do? Is this like an athletics check or... Okay. Yeah, it would be uh, uh, I mean, it would have to be um, uh, a sleight of hand check to be able to get his belt off quickly. I guess I'm just going to yell it out like, we need his belt! I'm going to attempt to get it. We need his belt for Spectre, go get it! <laughs> <laughs> got a 17. 
Okay, so Anton runs across the uh, din of battle here as the guy trips, falls, smacks his head, and starts sinking into the lava. Anton climbs up onto his body as he slowly slurps into the lava here. Um, and as you stand over him and start f- furiously ripping off his belt buckle and grabbing at the so belt wrong. to pull off the tags, you can tell looking at his top half as it descends into the lava that the same reflection you saw before seems to be in the lava right now. And it almost looks like a pair of reptilian eyes seem to be like over where his head is going in as if the lava itself sentiently is devouring him. And at this point, as you start to sink deeper and deeper into there, you almost feel like the body is hurrying its way in as if being slurped in and you manage to pull off the belt and fall to the ground behind you. Uh, helps him up. That was very dangerous. Danger's not over yet, and he kind of like tries to like throw the belt over his shoulder and backs away from the lava as best he can. Okay. I mean, you can tell there's a bunch of stuff within these pouches. I think this is going to just walk over to the lava's edge and look directly at it and Draconic say, um, you know why we're here. What? We, this, we don't have to keep doing this, right? You hear the sounds of a couple of stone doors deep within the chambers to the, I guess, to the west slam open. And you hear the sound of a low rolling, grumbling growl. And something seems to return the color to the lava. Thank you. Um, uh, This is your dragon speaking. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, so Anton's got the big sack of sacks. And um, as you sort of look through them and peer into them, uh, a couple of rubies seem to be nestled into one of the pouches. Um, each one of these rubies worth about 500 gold pieces each. Um, another one of these satchels here is just a big pile of platinum pieces, about 25 of them in total. But the last pouch that you managed to get your hands on, not only are there a pair of keys in here, which seem to be masterworked, but there's also a golden sword uh, uh, hilt. And it seems to be sort of like a, a typical shape for like a, a sword's hilt, but the detail right at the um, the base of where the blade would go is a series of golden like rods that shine down as if sort of like sunlight, sort of like cartoonish sunbeam. Oh, damn. These cartoonish little beams seem to like reach over the hand as almost like kind of like a handle grip there. But this definitely seems like it belongs to something of a long sword. But as far as a blade, there's not even a hint of where a blade once was. There's no like sort of indent or anything like that where it would have been forged in. It is just completely empty. But holding it in your hand, you feel that same magnetism you did when you first held your lantern. And almost as if calling to you, the blade seems to like feel perfectly right in your hands. Well, <laughs> at least Anton can't hold this one wrong because there's no side to hold it on incorrectly. Uh, That's... Uh, Anton, Anton can hold it backwards. Uh, just, oh, 
holds like the two grips on the sword just pointing towards himself like a dowsing rod (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's obviously how this works right magical radiant beam appears and pierces directly through him it's like huh (laughs) wow (laughs) so um what okay but yeah and as you hold it in your hands um you feel sort of uh i don't want to say this as if there's something that you just need to state or some sort of like phrase or something maybe to channel it like you would any other sort of magical phrase um but as you hold it in your hands it just feels kind of weightless as if you're just grasping a beam of light into your own hands but again the rolling rumble down the way seems to be a uh, beckoning to the rest of the party um Klika had some words. It looks like we might be able to just continue on. We've been invited. It seems that way. Like that. I and wish it in draconic beckoning and hollering down the channel as if roaring at your taking your sweet ass time. In in a draconic again, a voice beckons out and yells out, "Spawn of Felgrised, come before me now, or I will kill each of you, and I will delight in the and I will delight in it." All right. It, it sounds like she had a bad relationship with my mom. That's never going to end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Don't